Good evening, sheep fans. Uh, welcome to <laughs> welcome to Archercast number seven with the uh, internet sensation, uh, Cami Wilson, otherwise known as the Sheep Game. If you want to say hello, Cami. Yeah, hi, <laughs> sheep fans. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Hopefully, the, there'll be quite a lot of sheep fans coming over, and this might sort of build the podcast a wee bit. But um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of you know a lot. Probably all of you know who Cami is. To be honest, um, he's been well. He wears a lot of hats. He wears the shearing hat, he wears the scanning hat, he wears the farming hat, he wears the YouTube hat, the Facebook hat, the, the fancy podcast hat by the looks of the mic set up here. Um, I'm just sat here on an iPad, sat on three NFU leader magazines in a box. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you're, uh, you're beating me in that side of things. But we'll kick it off, Cam. We'll, we'll, um, I'll just quickly see where everyone can get stuff. So we've got, uh, at the minute, uh, you'll probably be listening to this on YouTube or Spotify. Um, if you guys use uh, the likes of Breaker or Google Podcasts, you'll be able to find the R2 cast on there as well. And uh, if you do quite enjoy what you see, this, as I've said, this is number seven. Uh, we've got people in farming from all different corners of the industry and not even just from the UK. We've had some from the States already um, coming on every two weeks. So subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify and uh, hopefully we can build this into something quite good and have a few more folk on. So into the interesting stuff, away from all my boring nonsense. Who who is Cammy Wilson? Who are you? What's your story? That sort of thing. Hi, cheers, Wask. It's a, firstly great thing you're doing here. Really good. Um, this this podcast and like I'm right into podcasts these days. Just like it's so simple to stick it on while you're working. Set of wireless headphones. You can learn a lot while you work. So, Cammy Wilson, I am a well, I suppose first I'm thirty years old living in Ayrshire and currently on my quest to either get a substantial tenancy and by that I mean like a, a good 20 year type tenancy something quite secure or buy my own farm if that fails and in the process of doing that I'm just working on building up stock numbers running over seasonal grass uh, by that I mean grass that's only rented on a year by year basis so there's no real security with it. You can lose it at any point. So it's quite hard to manage and adapt a business around that. But beggars can't be choosers. As a, a new entrant to farming, you have to almost take what you can and make it work and adapt all the time. But it's good in that sense. Like It really prepares you for hopefully one day achieving this end goal of getting into farming. I've, uh, for a bit of background, as most people will know by now, I... Joined the police at 18 years old. I'm still currently in the police. That's 12 years later. Worked up in Glasgow, learned a lot about life and dealing with people. And it's been absolutely fantastic. And it wasn't until five years ago, I didn't own any sheep. I had got started getting into shearing as a way of earning some additional income. Just because you get so many days off in the police, I, th- I just felt guilty. I thought, like, I, need to do, I need to do something more of this free time. So shearing was was the choice I made. And five years, so when I was 25, it all basically happened very suddenly when my father passed away. He got like a two months notice, like you've got uh, cancer, you've got about eight weeks to go. And then sure enough, they're right enough. It was like, deed, eight weeks later. And I was like, <laughs> I, I just like one of these things, just fair enough, they're fairly accurate. But it was like... Uh, just like, as you can imagine, 25 year old, especially, I'm not saying this wouldn't be true in the town as well, but especially in farming, it's like your dad's like your hero. Like 
and I know this is true for a lot of people too, but, uh, you know, in farming, growing up, you're out there with your mum and dad all the time, doing all sorts of jobs and working together. Like, you would just come home for school. You're, you're the same. You'd come home for school. Right. And they're never farther than, like, two fields away. You know, like, we, we're totally spoiled as, as farm kids. Not not in terms of the financial side of things, but the actual time you get with your parents. So it was a big, like, big blow to me at 25. Although, obviously, I was an adult at that point. You're still like, wow, this is a sore one. So almost a sort of way of coping. I thought, right, I'm not going to get to work with sheep anymore because my dad was a shepherd. Um, I should have really said that. My dad was a shepherd, so I did still get plenty of chance to work with sheep. Just randomly jumping back and forth here. But, yeah, so I was like, ah, how am I going to work with sheep? So I thought, right, I spoke to the the, the boy that owned the farm he worked on. And my mum was still staying in the farmhouse. That's a half acre garden. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to buy four sheep, put them in the garden, and we'll find a shed to lamb them in. So I foolishly went and bought four texels from Sterling. It's a uh, buying the four sheep wasn't a foolish thing. It was buying texels was my first mistake. They're not, not really a, a good breed in my opinion for getting started in, in sheep. I think that's fair. I uh, more for if once you're, <laughs> once you're established and you've got a good setup and system to look after them, yeah, but not when you're just uh, starting out. So anyway, I did it, and these four sheep come home in my mom's garden, and that was five years ago. And this year I'll be lambing round, round about six hundred sheep, and we've got about three hundred new hogs running on to Gimmer as well. So it's fairly exploded over this last uh, five years, and I'm just like really ambitious and really hungry and just enjoying the whole process. And has that been a, a steady growth, Cameron? So has it been like sort of roughly 120-odd a year or has there been bits here and there where you take on 300 randomly? Or it, that I have borrowed a lot of money. One great thing about being the police is you can just get finance so easy. Right. It's like, you know, you borrow money, no bother when, you, when you're in the police because well, you, you almost can't default being a police officer. In fact, you can't default being a police officer. Right. Um, there's sort of rules in the job against it and you've got a steady income people um, will loan to you so I borrowed a lot of money wasted a lot of money buying paying too much rent for grass was my big thing and trying to rush like oh, I want to get so many sheep so every bit of ground I could get I was like oh, I'll take it even if it was far too dear uh, and I've slowly learned over this last five years that you know you're, you're better to have you better to not take that bit of ground and just have slightly less sheep and actually make a bit of money on your sheep rather than just hemorrhaging money and shearing sheep all year, year just to pay for keeping sheep, <laughs> which is what I was doing. You know, my, my accountant has said to me for like the last four years, you're just a busy fool. Like, literally, <laughs> literally just uh, slates me and just, you know, if it wasn't for the police wage coming in, it would just, uh, you know, you'd just be running at a loss all the time. But I had a big break to be, you know, it wasn't all just like hard work and stuff. I had a big break, sort of two years in. There was a young farmer startup grant on the go. And I managed to get somebody to agree to give me a piece of ground for a five-year lease, which is part of the terms of applying for the grant. And that was a £50,000 cash. It was €70,000, right. but it came as like £56,000 or something. Lump some cash, and that allowed me to buy a stock, because I had nothing like that, allowed me to buy a stock trailer. A set of mobile pens, um, and you know various other f- equipment that you need really yeah. to to work with sheep. Because at that point, I was just borrowing from everywhere, so that really made life a lot easier. And obviously, I was able to buy some more sheep with that money. Of course, yeah. 
<clears throat> and you you um, you said there that sort of looking back, it, it would probably be a better idea to not have taken those opportunities where you're spending too much. But also retrospectively, you might not be where you are if you had. So is is it like no regrets, or is there some, but still the sort of yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. I actually get asked this exact uh, question from I, I filmed a little bit yesterday for the the Farm Advisory Service. Uh, with, yep. SRU, with SRUC, you'll, you'll probably know about it. They're doing a yeah, yeah. Uh, Faz TV. So, I think it'll be brilliant, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, it sounds tremendous. Like, So they ask the same questions, like any regrets or things you do different. And I said, it's one of those funny things in life because if, you, if you're happy with where you are now, everything you've done has led you to this point. So to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to take that bit of ground that was £100 an acre because I lost so much money. But if I hadn't taken that bit of £100 an acre, would I got the bit along, along the road at thirty pounds an acre that was actually affordable and could actually work? So it's like you know, would I could I should I? I'm, you know, life is what it is. There's no point in dwelling and looking back and saying I wish I'd done this. It's done now. Just make yeah, it work. Exactly. You you say it's uh, you wasted a lot of money. Maybe sort of capital wise, yes, you did waste money. But uh, you know, when you look at it, you're like, well. I've taken that, as you say, £100 an acre set, however much that was. Folk are probably seeing, well, this boy's actually quite keen. He's he's given it a bash and he's putting the effort in and that gets out there as well. So it's maybe even worth it, not even purely from what you're paying for. Um, but yeah, it's, you're obviously at the stage you are now and plans to get further. I know you're an old man at 30, but... Uh... <laughs> Body feels that way, certainly. <laughs> um yeah, no, all, all quite interesting stuff. It's quite funny what you say about, like, um, you know, coming home from school and whatnot, and, and your mum and dad are never far away. It reminds me of a story, the furthest I ever remember my dad being away from the house was uh, one morning I'd went to school and apparently a rabbit had come in the house and he thought it was a rat. So he got his wellies on and he was about 40 fields away. But yeah, for the most part, they're not far from the oat cake tin. Um, you said... Uh, you would look at taking a tenancy. You want to take sort of a large scale tenant, uh, sorry, long term tenancy, mm-hmm. uh, and buying a farm be a backup. Does that mean you would prefer to have a tenancy than owning? Yeah, I did think about that as I said those words earlier. Uh, if I was phrasing that right, I think realistically, my goal that I'm focusing on just now is get myself in a position to buy, because you can't you can't just sit like getting in a position to buy is something you can do. But getting a tenancy or sitting waiting and hoping a tenancy comes up, it's, you know, there's no, it's not really, a, I'm not saying it's not a goal, but I, I like my goals to be like something that you can achieve. Yep. You know, I can definitely work towards buying a farm, but I can't definitely work towards hoping a tenancy comes up. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I like yeah. it to be, I like my goals to be like, there it is in front of you, go for it, whereas there's no tenancies in front of me so but what i'm saying was that crown estates is a good one and like mount short trust over in butte obviously I, i'm uh, very friendly with like archie patterson who i've seen some of my videos and he's got this unbelievable opportunity over there on this massive farm on a 20-year uh, mldt and it's like as good as it's as good as buying your farm without having to pay the massive deposit and having the massive mortgage like, it's just a fantastic opportunity he's got. And I know that Crown Estates has recently put out some really good farms. And 
a lot of them are focused now towards new entrants, especially because Crown Estates is publicly owned. So there's a real focus towards new entrants there. And if an opportunity like that come up, I'd be silly not to seriously consider it and have a go at it because it's a great way to get into farming. But my, probably my main focus is, you know, work towards something that you can achieve and that is actually there to, to, to you know, that can be measured and specific. And it's like, yeah, yes. I can achieve that. So try to get myself in the best financial position possible um, is the goal at the moment. Just try to try make some money. Yeah, you're poor. He's a poor man, is Cameron. Um, and I'm sure if you watch his videos, he'll tell you that enough. Uh... <laughs> I, t- I tell you, funny. I, I, I'm starting. I'm starting doing another wee thing on the side for new entrants that I'm working on just now, and I'll, I'll be talking more about that soon at some point. Um, but like, I'm gonna go through some things with accounts and stuff like that. But genuinely, this year will be my first year making a profit as a farmer. So Which like you know, it, you could look at that as it's taking you five years to make a profit or mm-hmm. it's only taking five years to start making a profit. You know, th- there's, there's two ways to look at that. And, and you're, you're diversifying in quite a few ways at the minute and, and that takes an initial investment, you know? So yeah. Yeah. If you're starting well, to start the, profit now. The other thing with farmers, like farmers are great at pleading the poverty thing. And I, I never, I never do that because I've got a great life and I can afford to buy these things that I don't really need. And, you know, <laughs> you know, do things like that. I'm fairly, fairly comfortable. Um, and, the way I step back and look at things is right, there's no real money in the bank, but I have nearly a thousand head of sheep standing, which in the current market, yes, yeah, you know, with, with the guts of 140,000 pounds worth of stock, yeah, just there, just a liquid asset. Just if one day I was just like, oh, do you know what? I better go and buy a fishing boat and just be a fisherman. You can just be like, bang, get them all in the market, cash in, that's there. So, although. You know, a typical farmer, a lot of them are the same. They're cash poor, but asset rich. And that's kind of the way I look at it. Cash poor, asset rich, and also quality of life rich. Oh, and massive. that has got to play into it, you know? And, well, I assume the people, you know, obviously we're, we're in an industry where there's a lot of soul working and that leads to a lot of mental health issues. But for the most part, those in farming are doing it for the love of farming. So that, that's got to play into it almost more importantly than the bank. Um, 100%. No, it's like you say, like, it's like, I think sometimes people looking from the outside in can't quite get it. It's, it's like, you know, I don't feel anything I do in farming that never feels at work. Yeah. You know, the only time I feel like I'm, I'm working is when I go to the police. And even right. that's where like a, you know, working, you know what I'm like, but uh, no, but like, you go in there, you're under some, you know, somebody's telling you what to do, give or take, but you know, you're under, <laughs> some, you're, you're under somebody's direct management and it's not a case of do this, do this. In farming, a lot of time you don't have a choice. You have to do certain things. Like the sheep have to be fed, say this time of year and you have to doze them. But if say, the great example I use to people in terms of lifestyle is say if next week, you know, it's your son's or your daughter's sports day on Thursday, you don't need you don't need to ask MD, it's all right if I take Thursday off. Or you don't need to you don't need to have a spare day in your rest day bank to, to book it off. You just say, that's fine. I'll do a bit more on Wednesday, or we'll get those used dosed on Tuesday and, and I'm taking Thursday off. Yeah. Or Thursday afternoon off. But you know, as a just an example, there's a wedding, you need the Saturday off. You know, you never need to ask permission and 
everything generally speaking every, unless it's a big sheep sale or something that you like or, or, or kelso or something that you need to go to so sorry son you'll just need to in spirit but it's kelso the day um it's, who put, put sports day on highland show day i was going to say i was just going to say highland show day you uh, know, yeah. um, there's there's a few things in the calendar especially especially if you go ahead next year you know that folk will not be missing anything for oh, maybe sorry. your daughter's wedding but you'll still be at the highlands you know Aye. um yeah, uh, I guess that moves us on to, to something else. Um, uh, there, Cam, has has COVID changed your your sort of lifestyle at all? Uh, apart from the price of lambs going up so much, um, it's been beneficial. It's, oh, for the most, like yeah, like it's been amazing for us on, on various fronts. I think the, the obviously the big negatives are no, no shows, and you know last year. It was almost like a novelty because, as you were saying earlier, and as I mentioned, I, I do sheep shearing and I've got my own run now and stuff. And it was actually quite a novelty for the first year. We didn't have to think about going to shows and, and sorting sheep round shows. Uh, you just walked right through. Like it was, yeah. yeah. You know, we get finished up. Despite the fact there's no Kiwi shearers coming in, we all get finished on time because we're not running away to any shows. It was actually quite good. But the novelty's worn off now. <laughs> you, know, you know, that way it's like, I just really want to go to a show and get a bit of crack, you know, and have a few beers with the boys and the girls, like, just, I definitely miss that. But apart from that, COVID was great. Like, last lambing time when the first lockdown came in, it was magic. There was nobody in the roads. Like, you know, I've got a fair bit of driving to do, and you're just driving about, like, in your own wee world. Nobody in the roads. You could get about places. You know, apart from a couple of weeks where things panicked a bit at the markets, it's been a very steady trade for beefs, pretty good as well just now. Like, farmers don't have anything to complain about. More and more people are eating lamb off the back of this, you know, because there's more people cooking at home and trying different things. And it's it's been good for us. Like we, we can't really moan, I would say. It's, uh, that, that's me got the title. COVID was great. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, uh, Best thing that ever happened to me. No, I don't say that. But, no, <laughs> obviously. Shadow banned for that. But... <laughs> I, bet, I, I, bet, I bet I throw in here that obviously it's a horrific thing. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm glad it's happened at all. But I, I'm just saying that, you know, we, we're very lucky in the, the agriculture sector that we, and we can't complain. I'm, I'm lucky with both my jobs because the police as well. Like, of course. You're never going to worry about getting furloughed in the police, you know, no matter what happens. You know, if I get a track and trace text, I still get full pay for two weeks while I sit in the house and do nothing. You know, it's, it's a very, I'm very fortunate on both fronts. I think, you know, I, I've been in the same position. My job, I'm working full time and over the summer I was able to cut grass and there was always work there um, and I think it, we in the rural sort of base really struggle to sort of empathise how it must be um, and, and you'd mentioned there about folk eating lamb and the trade I mean I don't remember the trade being so good you know um, and, and it was quite interesting at the start of the year, or sorry, the start of lockdown, I was listening to the reasons why, and the reasons why was money was tight. And uh, instead of sort of trying, you said trying new things, it's almost the opposite. Instead of folk sort of trying new things, jumping into vegan diets, uh, vegetarian diets, that sort of thing, they jumped back to what they knew, what they knew was nutritious, what they knew was good for them, and what they knew was relatively affordable, and lamb, and beef, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and... And such is the case with any disaster, really. You know, agriculture quite often benefits from it. It's, 
it's almost in bad taste to say that, but mm. it, it's true. It's it's the sort of thing you you can't sort of slate agriculture with your mouth full because we're here to feed three times a day, you know. And it's a uh, yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's like you a, say, a like, silver lining, if you want. I like the nurses <laughs> and the doctors. They're they're keeping the sick people alive and are, yeah. are doing their very best to. Whereas the the farmers, <coughs> excuse me. The farmers, they're keeping the healthy people alive, yeah. fed and alive, you know, like, like it's as you say, it's in times of, of greatest need. I mean, there's a reason why farmers didn't have to go to war. Yeah. Like, because the nation would have been, you know, they're one of the most important, apart from obviously the boys, you know, doing the fighting, they're probably the next line of keeping the yeah. country going is, is the boys and, the, and girls on the farms. And it's a, no, it's, it's a great, it's a great line of work to be in. And yeah. times like this, like folk really do appreciate it. Another great thing you're talking about is benefiting from it. All the nonsense that has been said before all this about cows farting is like ruining the environment and all that. Funny, all the planes come out of the sky. You know, what's what's their emissions yeah. sitting at now? And it was crazy to see the likes of places like Paris go from sort of like smoky cities and uh uh what's the place on the water? Venice, the water cleared up everywhere just looked better. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not one to jump on the anti-vegan bandwagon because I'm not at all. I think there's so many merits to it. But um, as you say, it spoke volumes. You know, it spoke volumes that it's it's not us killing the planet. Yeah. <laughs> we might have a part to play in it, but we're we're also not the major player in it that we're seen to be. <clears throat> yeah. No, uh, there's definitely, there's definitely, especially on the cattle side of things, it's, it's difficult. It's obviously quite a, a high input system. Um, but aye, it's it's still producing a valuable end product that's important for keeping us all fed. I mean, I've got a wee thing I always say about vegans. Like, um, I like to just throw this in while we've mentioned it because I'm the same as you. Like, I would never get involved in. Like, I'd never slag anyone for being a vegan or, or, you know, shout, you know, discredit vegans aye. in any way. But I use this comparison. It's it's right on the edge of like we, you know maybe a bit of an extreme um, comparison, but I always say it's like the Islamic faith. It's like you have you have people who just th- think of Islam and just think of terrorists yeah. and, and extremists, whereas actually 99% of the of people who like uh, follow Islam are very peaceful. Um, you know, they stick to their, their, their views, but they're very peaceful and they go on with it and do it their own way. You've then got that 1%. Like with vegans, like credit to anybody that can live their life as a vegan and just go on with and not have to push it in MD's face. But you get these 1% on both where I essentially see them as like extremists. I almost see them as like, you know, as like extremist terrorists, even on the vegan side, where they're forcing their views on you. So you have to be vegan like me. The same way, you know, you see some of these um, extremist Islamic terrorists and stuff. You have to be like this. The Western world's wrong, blah, blah, blah. The vegans are the same with meat eaters. You're wrong. Whereas, like, I never go about telling people you have to eat meat. And, yeah. you know, I don't actually know anybody that does that. Like, there really is a thing there. And I know I would get some um, wild comments if, if they saw this. And that's fair enough. I, I, I wouldn't argue with any of you because you can't win in an argument with an extremist. <laughs> but <laughs> but they have this, um, they have this just a set view that they're right and everyone else is wrong. And you should never, like I try and advise people on social media and, and people with farming pages, don't engage in it because you cannot win. Yeah. 
you know, you can't win with these people. No matter what you say, they're not going to say, "Oh, do you know what? You're right. I'm going to have a stake," because they're just they've just said this is they're right and everyone else is wrong. And it's the the, the comparison there to sort of you talked about uh, Islam. There, it's anything, anything that you can worship the belief, be that a football team, be that religion, be that anything. There's always ninety nine percent are just. They they believe in this thing, and one yeah. percent are take it too far. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's those one percent that ruin. I just use that uh, the, the Islam religion as an yeah, example yeah. because it's quite um, topical, and, topical. And, uh, in today's society. But it's those one percent ruin it for all the peaceful people and, and yep. the and the good people that just got on with it and 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 you know practice it. Same with vegans. Like I, I don't know if vegans maybe a bit like CrossFit. It's like if you're a vegan, you have to tell everyone you're a vegan. Same with it's like you know, if you do CrossFit, you have to tell everyone you do CrossFit. I think it's maybe a bit like that with being a vegan, but like credit, I, honestly, huge respect to anyone that can live their life peacefully 100%. as a vegan because it, it must be very difficult to stick to it. And credit to them. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's true. I mean, you've got a pretty big following yourself, Cam, and we'll go into that in a minute. But I've got vegan, vegan, vegan followers, and we have some really interesting discussions, you know, um, and and that's what that's what certainly why I started this up. I wanted it to be sort of a conversation about that. My my thing, we'll go off veganism after this, but my thing is, uh, I think there's three main reasons to be vegan. There's a sort of animal health welfare. You don't believe animals should be exploited for for our gain. Totally fair. Completely understand it. Wouldn't try and change your mind. Health reasons. I am not a doctor. I have no sort of reason that I could just, uh, dispute that. And the third one, sort of environmental, and that's the only one I would ever really start to try and defend. Not uh, meat production in general, but certainly in Scotland, you know, it's a lot of hill-based production is sustainable, that sort of thing. But that's that's sort of my view on it. But we'll, um, we've talked enough about it now. I'm sure. Oh, we're going to get slated. Oh, we're in for it now. Cut, cut this bit but, out. Uh, yeah, that's it. Get get it all gone. But no, um, we've talked about sort of uh, your your sort of lifestyles, farmer, that sort of thing, and uh, you've you've touched upon shearing. Um, could you tell us a bit about sort of your your shearing calendar, and also throw in you do quite a bit of scanning as well in there. What what sort of is your a year almost in in your yeah, so year. I suppose <laughs> if we if we start from like lambing time, so first of April, uh, we'll lamb. Most of April will be lambing. I tease them like yous, so they lamb quite tight. Uh, then getting into May, I'll be starting to look at doing some shearing. We'll get some early lots done. Some pedigree boys and girls that have uh, big sheep that have lambed back in January, February, will be ready for shearing, so we'll get through them in May. Obviously, keeping on top of my ewes and lambs that are running at that time as well and marking lambs and various jobs. Then June, July, August is more or less shearing. Well, we'll be shearing every day. Uh, this year I then get a little bit of a break ish and it's September's end of August September's not so busy although there's a lot of breeding sales on at those times so potentially be dressing gimmels to sell and and maybe buying in some stock as well then on a normal year I'd be going to Norway for more shearing in September October probably for two weeks then and again Apart from that two weeks, September, October, November, not too busy. Um, yeah, the tubs the go out in November, but you're just ticking over. You know, you might have a couple of days dozing sheep and 
various like selling some lambs, things like that. But you're not too busy, or I'm not too busy. Then sort of midway December, January, February, you're kind of flat out uh, scanning, pregnancy scanning, which is is it's a good way to make money. It's an easy way to make money. Um, once you get it, it's like a nightmare to learn. Like it's horrific to learn. Uh, really is mentally, it's really tough. Um, but you know, once you've got it, it's really a, a good way to make money. So I do that right through to, well, I've actually this year done it right through to the start of March. And then we fall into a lull again, as I'm here just now at the start of March. We are just waiting for lambing to start, crutching lambs at the market every Thursday through the winter and just chatting to you and having the odd whiskey. And ah, it's quite an easy time just now, this this spell. Feeding sheep, you know, takes an hour, an hour or so a day just to feed the sheep and check everything's okay and wait for some lambs. Have the odd whiskey as he points to the back corner, and more whiskey than I have water in the house. <laughs> um, I'm trying to compete. We're actually talking about this earlier on. <laughs> um, so you, maybe this is an answer that you don't want to say because I know you certainly kept it quiet last year uh, on YouTube. How how many sort of how many sheep would you be looking to shear and scan in a year? So obviously two totally different figures. I know. Yeah, no. So this year lost in about. Just over forty thousand sheep, um, but a part of that was because I was very fortunate. A, a, a New Zealand chap that usually comes over and scans up north, he didn't make it over this year, so I got the opportunity to go and do a couple of weeks covering some of his jobs. So that put me up a good ten thousand or so um, extra. So that was that was a big boost. But yeah, if I look at about forty thousand sheep scanned last year ashore, about fifteen thousand. Slightly more stint in our basis, 17,000 total. Um, whereas this year, I'm really going to be looking, I've got more time off this year, so I'll be looking more towards 20,000 um, to shear, certainly. So, yeah, those it's two good extra sources of income to, to really keep the sheep business going because making money off sheep, it'll be okay this year if the trade stays as it is. Like, we, like I will make money this year off my sheep, but it's difficult to make money off seasonal grazing because generally you're paying a little bit more than you should be quite often you have no entitlements no subsidy claims on it um and to try and make money off sheep on those systems it's quite difficult um just like Cammy, my sneeze there uh <laughs> you said you go to, to the cold. <laughs> let's hope it's the cold um <laughs> as, as. covid's been great covid's been great that's what you get cammy <laughs> exactly talk about karma um, pick you up halfway through the podcast. No, uh, you said you've been you go to Norway for a couple of weeks. Um, it's obviously quite a short duration. Does it does it pay quite well in Norway or? I know for fun. No, you know? no, Norway's good. So you go twice a year. So I'd usually go end of February, March. But COVID, obviously, we haven't got this year, and I didn't get last back end either. So hopefully, we get over this back end. But Norway's quite wild. It's round about four pounds a sheep. Right, okay. In Norway, now, it's not as good a money as scanning, but in uh, scanning is so much easier. But the, the back end's not so bad because you're, you're shearing them as they come into the shed. So the sheep in Norway come off the mountains and they get shorn, they go in the shed, and then pre-lambing, they get shorn at the end of February, March, when they're due to lamb in April. So when you go over for the pre-lamb, it's horrific. Like, mm. easy. Last year I went for 10 days. Like, easy, I had this 10 days of my, potentially of my life. Uh, like they're just it's just tough like they're just massive they're a kind of pink note they're a wee bit of dorset in them so they're really aggressive not aggressive but they're 
well, they are aggressive. They just want to kick yeah. for no reason. And they're uncomfortable because the lambs are in them. That's what we'd call sticky in shearing. So they're actually quite hard to comb. So you have to use like a merino comb, which is quite pointy. So you have to be very careful when you take your time. So you're bent over for longer and you're just eating bread and cheese a lot of days. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's there's not, and Norwegian folk are great, but obviously the language barrier, a lot of time with farmers, so there's not much chat. You're just yeah. at a shed yourself, like me, Archie and I that go over together, we split up. It's tough. It's tough uh, sharing in Norway for sure, but obviously it's quite lucrative because uh, you're, you're sitting around about four pounds a sheep. I actually, I know I've got one Norwegian follower on Spotify, so I'm going to embarrass myself here, but what language does he, does he speak? It's not Norwegian. That's, is it? That is, it's uh, Norwegian. I didn't I think is, that was uh, language. Yeah, no, no, Norwegian. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I know. I, I know. Cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of simple. So you say like "tusen tak for Martin." That's like "thanks so much for for dinner for feeding us." Okay, right. So, so that's that. the one thing you need to know. But that and just and just had a had a that means bye. <laughs> Hello, uh, thanks for dinner and goodbye. It's all that's you need it. to know. What you mentioned the sheep had a bit of dorset in them. What is the breed? Is it uh, Norwegian white? Norwegian white. It's okay. called Norwegian white, but it will be a sort of. I would say there's some sort of dorset in them and cross with various libraries. They're a big sheep, prolific. They have easy, a lot of herds, uh, flocks will be scanning at 230% plus. Right. You know, you know, you'll go, they're all like inside to the winter and a lot of them are like slatted sheep slats, which are absolutely fantastic. And you, you'll go in and they'll be a pen of fives, like pen of sheep all right. um, that are going to have five lambs. You have your fives, your fours. Uh, your threes and there's just obviously shearing a, a sheep that's a month off the lambing with five lambs in her like it's a big, you know it's uncomfortable for her obviously it's beneficial because she's got the wool off and stuff but it's a uh, it's and it's a fair drag they're heavy easy you'll easily go to a shed with 200 sheep and they'll average out 100 plus kilos like it's fair so in the body take it they're reared quite heavily indoors after birth or is it straight out or no they, so they'd stay indoors they'll lamb around about april early may and they'll stay until basically to the snow thaws is it uh, yeah so the snow thaws and the grass comes it's quite uh it's just very different to us here like over there most of the farmers you'll go to aren't, aren't farmers they're just either business people or you know people right. that have because it's so simple the systems because you just have a sheep shed you go in the morning you feed them silage and a, and a bit of, you know, if they're getting some concentrate and then you go in at night and feed them silage and they're getting checked twice a day, you see straight away if something's not coming for a feed, you, you deal with it there and then. You can't get any antibiotics or like fluke drench or anything like that unless you go through the vet. Everything has to be administered by the vet. Okay. So, you know, you get these business people, dead simple, go out in the morning before the work, go to work, come home, do that. And in the summer, just get kicked up to the mountains and they don't see them for five months, six months. And the gather is like a big thing, isn't it? It's like a proper, yeah. I was yeah. in England and they, they spoke about that. Yeah. Sounds I, like great crack actually. Farms over there, you just need like 20 acres. You just need enough yeah. to make, make your silage for your sheep through winter, take two or three cuts of silage and the sheep are just communal graze in the mountains and you get big subsidies yeah. for having sheep. So it's like an extra big earner yeah. for the farmer. Well, it's funny. I I, uh, I had um, Grant. We have Grant Harkin to scan our sheep, yeah. and uh, I was asking him a few questions for the students. And uh, I asked what was the 
breed he would think scanned the highest, and he had said the uh, North England North English mule. Yep. You've just mentioned there that those are scanning at two thirty. Are they the highest? You've not scanned them though, but um, no. I mean, part of the reason they'll scan so well is because how much is how well looked after they are. You know they're yeah. they're, they're, <clears throat> they're tapping inside. And they're on a, they'll be well flushed, really well flushed, and so it's a very different system to the, to what we would have here. Um, like you're hard to beat a mule for, yeah, um, for you know the amount of lambs she puts out, and especially it'll not be far wrong there with the North England mule. Like she'll put out a lot of lambs. Very good. Um, I guess we've talked about a lot of stuff that uh, maybe some of your followers aren't aren't always sort of uh, graced with, but we'll talk about the. The reason you have such a high following, we'll go into that. Um, now, I'm going to say this, and I wouldn't be surprised if Cami brings out the saying that he's small time. You hear him say it all the time, all the time. That's and I, I throw in violin comments and, and whatnot. But uh, I, I I spoke to you for the people in farming chat I did on the Facebook page before I had the podcast. You're week number five, which would be around August time. And I think you're at about 6K subscribers. Is that about right? On YouTube? Could, could be. I, I wouldn't yeah, know, but yeah, it could be. Six or something. Um, you've hit 15 now, haven't you? Is it? Uh, yeah, it's just over 15. 15 and a half. Yeah, so yep. it's been been quite quick because you didn't just start it a year ago. You started a bit longer than that ago, didn't you? So it's, you've got up to 15 quite quick in the last few months. Um, what, what is the sheep game? What, what What's involved in it? What happens there? Yeah, so it all just started as a bit of banter. Like I, I had, I did a lot in Snapchat. Um, when I was out farming, I just used to always make a joke. Like when th- it's always when things are going wrong and you're out in this, the rain getting soaked, and you'd, I'd always just put like, the sheep game, love the sheep game, and all this. You know, a bit of banter. I actually did love it, but I just used to always say, "Love, you know, that's the sheep game, or it's some game this and that kind of part." So somebody said to me one day, "Why don't you make a YouTube channel and put some of these videos on YouTube?" I thought. I might try that. I had a wee look uh, at Tom Pemberton down there, down south, who's obviously massive. Mm-hmm. I thought this guy's just walking around his dairy farm making like good videos. Like he's an absolute entertainer. He's very good. But I'm like, let me give us a wee go. So I made the first few on my mobile phone, really poor quality, very basic, and it's just kind of, that was February 2019. So we're just over two years. Um, it was like it took 14 months to get to a thousand subscribers. And then the next 10 months, we've got to like 15,000 or just shy of 15, it was at the time. But yeah, it's just grown. It's exponential. All these things are exponential, you know, like the Hoof GP, who's another massive one on on YouTube. He's been actually quite a big help to me. He gave me a phone one day. It was great. He had absolutely no need to, but he phoned me and he gave me about an hour of his time, giving me some tips and stuff. And he's, he's a prime example. It's like, you know, one week he's at 400,000 subscribers and then within... 15 days he's at half a million like it's it's all exponential once you get big and your videos got a lot of views you, you pick up more follow follow more subscribers and that's why i'm just trying to keep consistent i mean there's no doubt about it it is small time it, it's it, it's big to you know fifteen thousand. looking at it now like when i first started i was like wow man i'd love to get to fifteen thousand. and it's always that kind of way isn't it like because i yeah. have those subscribe i'm like oh, i always want more or you know, you look at these other guys with 300,000, you think, ah, this is like nothing. But I'm really pleased with how it's going steady and I just try and keep the content good and fairly accurate to what I'm doing. And I'll just like, 
there's no pressure. It's just like just see where it goes, you know, just enjoy it and, and see where it goes. It's great. A bit like yourself, like you know, just podcasting and then putting out these, you know, great content on Facebook and social media. And I mean, I think I looked just I think you're sitting nearly three thousand on Facebook now. Yeah, two seven ish. Yeah, two, so but you're a prime example as well of consistency. And like that's a big tip for anyone that's doing social media is like consistency. Like the, the number one, I watched loads of YouTube videos about how to make YouTube videos. I have the same. I've done the same. Yeah. Yeah. And like <laughs> the number one rule is get started. Like don't sit thinking, ah, well, I'll start a YouTube video. I know it's like get your phone out, make a video doing something, and get it on YouTube. And then once you get started, consistency, two, three videos a week if you can, and just keep going. Nobody will watch them at first. Like nobody's gonna watch your videos. It's just an absolute fact because nobody's gonna see it. But you just keep chipping away, and then before you know it, you're at hundred subscribers, and you're like, "Oh, like I still remember like hundred subscribers." I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And then you hit a thousand, and you're like, "Like, because a thousand's a massive one on YouTube because then you can be monetized." Yeah. So it's a big goal for a lot. So it took me fourteen months. So you can imagine how slow that climb was. And before you know it, you're at a thousand, and you just keep putting those two videos out, and you learn as you go, and your videos get better. And, you know, it just grows and grows. And don't get me wrong, I've not had my, I suppose you maybe call it your big break. Like YouTube will maybe just pick up, you see some videos YouTube just picks up and YouTube will basically get you half a million views by just showing it to the world. I've not quite got that yet, but I'm always trying better thumbnails, better titles, just trying, like it will happen someday. Like Tom Pemberton's got one there at like 8 million views of like cows getting a new brush in the field. It just get picked up by YouTube and, and went massive, and that's been a big bump to his subscribers, of course. And but you can't you can't base your whole plan on getting lucky, just yeah. be, being consistent. It's like everything in life, though. Like I'm not getting on my my high horse preaching, no, but it, it it's like I, I listen, I read all these books like Four Hour Work Week and and various things like that. These fantastic productivity books. It's not about your end goal. It's about the systems to get to your end goal. So. You know, as long as your systems are sound, as i.e., producing two videos a week, keeping your content good, that's like your system to get into a hundred thousand subscribers. Don't worry so much about the goal. Focus on the system and keep it right. And it's the same. I'm big into fitness as well. You know, if your goal is to to run a ten k in, you know, thirty three minutes or whatever, focus on the set your training plan. Focus on it. Don't worry too much. That will come to you. The goal will come towards you if you get your system right. I'm getting so deep there. I try, I try not to do Very that. Deep. I know I'm so Very bad deep. at that. I'm so bad. I get so passionate about these things. I'm just like, don't worry about where you're going. Just, you know, focus on, uh, you know, how you're getting there. I, th- I I think it's true though. I mean, like, um, did did Sandy Brock not mention you in a video? Yeah, she then... she gave me a massive boost, Sandy. Yeah, and she's yeah, just you went from class. about nine to about twelve in about a few weeks. Oh, just like a couple of days. She, well, yeah. I think just 2,000 subscribers um, within a couple of days, like she got me. Yeah. Um, so that's an example of a, a great bit of luck. And, and that was that was really, really decent. Because I genuinely, like I would never ask anyone for a shout out. Like it's just not yeah. in me to do that. Um, and, and not that there's any harm in it, but I just, would, I just wouldn't really annoy these people almost. And just through- I won't ask you for a shout out on your YouTube channel for this. No, don't worry. <laughs> this, will get, this, will get, this will get shared, mate. Don't worry. But um, like- you know, it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have asked her, but just making consistent content that she actually liked to watch, um, and she knew I was getting near ten thousand, and that she'd been through the same experience, and she gave me a shout out, and it, aye, it was massive. It was great. 
Yeah, no, and, and somehow I heard about Sandy Brock through you. Yep. You so know, there you like go, I'm returning the favour. Yeah, exactly. Like it's Aye. quite weird. I mean, like I, I assume there's some people who hear about you through this, but it does happen. Um, yeah, definitely. The the consistency thing is so true though. I mean, like obviously I'm not quite I'm not near the sort of level you, you are, but I have had quite big opportunities come through and I'm not huge, you know, from an online presence perspective. And I put that solely down to the fact I've not missed a weekday since the fourteenth of April. Yeah. You're um, the most consistent person that I follow. But you're just like every day, I think, isn't it? Or Monday to Friday. Well, I, I could show you the schedule, but I would. But I've I've got like the next three weeks scheduled for uh, oh, seven o'clock on every night. Um, the only thing I can't schedule is these because I schedule them on YouTube. Like this will be shit. Oh god, this is like a month and a half before it goes out. But I can't schedule a link to a scheduled YouTube video. Yeah. So, so the so only is this, thing I can do is. Nah. Is this um? So this will be going out like mid-April or something. Uh, yes, because well, I kind of, yeah. in that case, I had a fantastic lambing. Uh, lambing's been amazing, <laughs> honestly, best lambing ever. <laughs> See, you think of these things, I just post it and then I, oh, yeah. I forgot it was what fantastic. What about this weather, mate? How good's this weather been? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about the lockdown, we're just going back into <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe those vaccines didn't work. <laughs> I am not going to get into vaccines because if I start talking about needles, I'll end up fainting yeah, yeah. on the desk. So, um, but no, yeah, uh, yeah. It's I would advise you, you guys, check out Cami at, at the Sheep Game. He has one thing that, well, a few things, but uh, one thing that I wish I had, and it's just came to him, and it's uh, his we not his hair. Um, okay. I have definitely enough hair yeah, <laughs> to yeah. compete. Beautiful, beautiful. Is <laughs> uh, his slogan? On you go. What's that? Good morning, sheep fans. Cammy's the, the name. One. That's Sheep's the, one, the game. <laughs> do, do you know why I put that second bit in? Because people kept just, like, I would meet people and they'd just refer, they'd be like, oh, you're the sheep game guy. You're the sheep. That's all I got is you're the sheep. Because I never said my name in the first videos. So I'm like, oh, you're the sheep game guy. So I thought, right, I need to get my name in here somehow so that <laughs> people know I have a name. So that's how I started doing the Cammy's the name, Sheep's the game. Well, maybe it won't be long if you get big enough that it'll be sheep is the name, Cammy's the game. Um, ah. <laughs> well, the only thing I've been able, to, ever been able to come up with is uh, that's all the day from R2K, but it sounds a bit poor. But uh, maybe I'll something come, will appear. I'll come, I'll come to you sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we've we've covered pretty much all all sides of your life there, really, Cammy. But um, I always sort of ask a couple questions. Uh, you answered these questions back when in September and I just actually checked to see your answers just before you, you came on the Zoom call there and we'll see how similar they are. Uh, one, where, where do you see yourself in five years? And uh, two, if you had any tips for anyone coming into the industry and feel free for you to answer shearing, scanning, farming, YouTube, whatever, uh, what would they be? Uh, yeah, so uh, the five years thing, I see myself probably genuinely in five years i'm not sure what i said last time but genuinely in five years i see myself in a very similar position maybe lambing a few more sheep i'd like to lamb a thousand sheep either next year or the next couple of years and like as i say i wouldn't be buying a farm in five years so but i do plan to be in a much better position financially and in a position where i'm moving towards that goal if a tenancy come up i'm now in a position where i could probably tender for it 
Um, it helps that Archie's out the picture now because he's got his farm, so I'm not going to have to compete <laughs> against him because, um, you know, I know his story and his circumstances and I was never going to beat him there. Sorry, my, <laughs> my pup is just... Lizzie's pup is just jumping up. Uh, so, yeah, uh, five years probably very similar, just maybe having a couple extra quid in the bank starting to save towards the opportunity of buying a place. And in terms of tips, like, as I say, I, I try to do a bit for, for new entrants and things. The big tip I've got is networking. Like I say this to yep. everyone, if you want to get into farming, the number one thing you need to do if you want to get into farming is network. Whether that be, you know, going to a hill gather and, you know, you don't, like, don't, don't expect to get, don't be looking to get paid for everything. Like, I, I say this to people, if you want to learn, like, I just love opportunity. And I know it's easy for me to say because I have another job and things, so I, I do appreciate that. And, and people need to earn money, but supposing it's going out in the weekends, you know, you work Monday to Friday in a farm, but it's not really what you want to do long term. You're thinking you want to get into sheep or whatever. Find somebody that's doing a hill gathering on a Saturday, or find somebody that's working with a big mob of sheep doing a bit of dozing or something that you're interested in. And just, you know, COVID's made it awkward just now, but just ask mm. to go out and help. You know, you go and do a hill gathering, just go along for the crack, you know, an extra pair of hands. You're going to meet 10, 15 people, 10, 15 shepherds and get to know them and if they know you're keen they might have an opportunity that they can't do but they think do you know what cami was out the other day gains a hand he's a right good young lad or lass and uh, not i'm not questioning myself i know i'm a lad but i swear right. but you know he's a right good young lad or lass and he's desperate to go on and farming he was out there he just ran about all day worked hard let's give him this opportunity and so many things have come up for me from a similar sort of angle of like just working hard helping people out when I can and they might have an opportunity that doesn't suit them and they might say right phone Cammy and, uh, and see if he's keen to be pups weren't involved I've seen that what's, what's, uh, what's in on it it's a uh, so, <laughs> but yeah you're a right film so uh, but yeah it's a uh, networking like it doesn't yeah. it's just that I could say various other things that you know work hard and yeah Sheeran's great to get into but if you want to get into farming, network and, and the opportunities will come. I, I I couldn't agree more with the networking part. I mean, even sort of doing this sort of thing. I mean, I've met, this yep. is number seven. I obviously knew you before. Uh, yep. I knew Jess before. I knew some of them before, but I've met so many folk out of this already and it's only gone two months ago. And, and that that's fantastic. And like, like you said, um, sort of that networking leads you to almost get opportunities and and sort of almost it can sometimes bolster you as well. Like you said, uh, Graham Graham Parker, Hoof GP, phoned you and helped you. He did the exact same with me yep. in October. I mean, I was like nobody to him, you know. And same, same. And, yep. Yeah, and, and that sort of thing. If you get lucky and you meet these helpful folk, like you've been helpful to me, I'd like to think I'm helpful folk. You know, you can build up and build up and meet folk and it's it's the it is the best currency in farming and I, I couldn't stress that as you know just as much as you have yeah. uh so yeah good stuff good stuff um have you anything else that yourself or the pup would like to like to say in particular no it's just it's very you're obviously getting very good at this it was uh, good questions well put across hopefully i came across okay even when i'm off on that mad tangent about um Islamic vegans, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's all—it's always quite. Do you know? It's—it's it's easy for me when I've got the camera. 
because oh the pups clicked I've actually something. just turned it off as you said camera it is, it's, it's <laughs> the, hang on a second I find this but the pups the pups clicked it but it's, it's easy for me when I when I have the camera because I can edit it to suit myself but when someone else has got the camera or the audio recording or whatever it's quite like oh you better not say something uh, bad but yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully right. it's came across okay I've enjoyed it mate uh, and uh, no, you're doing a great thing it's, it's funny you 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 say that about editing and stuff. You've probably been the person that's helped me most with all that th- sort of thing. And I had never edited a video until, was it the 14th of January? And uh, I've made 46 since then. So, um, so it's, it's getting, it's actually quite fun. Like you said, it's not difficult once you learn. Yeah. Like, I'm not advanced yet, but you're so right. And I even went to the stage of buying a wee 30 pound drone. Um, so I saw your, mo- your mom bought that for you, did she not? No, it, well, I see you've been following Aaron for sale once, but no, she uh, she contacted the person, but I did actually pay for it myself. Yes. I get an allowance, though. It was out of the allowance, you know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm mad. Um, maybe I'll be at your stage one day with your fancy drones and your sort of podcast set up there and whatnot, but at the minute, as I said, it's just the iPad and a few magazines. Um, but it, it does the job perfect. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. It's been good fun. And uh, to, to those listening... Um, if you don't already, I'm sure you do. Uh, make sure to check out the Sheep Game on YouTube, Facebook as well. Instagram, anywhere else, is it? Yeah, Instagram, yep. Instagram, yeah, I, I, I tried a TikTok, but it's just, it's for the onions. It's not for me. I'm it's cool. so hard. Oh, it's hard. But, it, I, yeah. I, don't get me wrong, like, I, I can spend hours scrolling through nonsense, you know, like, but I, it's tough, difficult. It's, it's amazing that you can fit into 10, 10 minutes, isn't it? You know, two hours on TikTok and yeah, <laughs> uh, it just disappears. But I tried to make the 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 Christmas challenge where you throw a bobble in somewhere and then yeah, close it. it. I did. Well, that's embarrassing, actually, that you saw it. I did, I did, it's not, not something anybody... Oh, no, sorry, I didn't see yours, but I saw like, oh, the good ones. Good, good. Uh, <laughs> I did it with a tractor. We did a Christmas tractor run and uh, yeah, it was just... It was more, more time looking at the bloody ground and anything but anyway thanks for coming on Uh, thanks to everyone for listening and uh, we will see you in another two weeks for our two cast number eight cheers mate